Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe Sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Now, we don't have Tom. Uh, Tom had to, he had to leave quickly. Oh, he did. Well, there's that, that little white rabbit just started running outside and, the you studio. Know, he is so, he's like, he's got shiny object syndrome. <laughs> he sees something shiny, he's got to go. And so we hope whatever he saw that he gets. Yes. You know, he, whatever new shiny object he saw down at, uh, you know, Sam's Club or whatever he went to go and uh, go shopping that he gets. Uh, but we are going to talk about, we have, a, we have a great, I got a letter, snail mail. I'm holding here in my hands, you can see, uh, the, the people on the radio can't see this, but if you look really hard at your radio dial, you can actually see I'm holding a letter mm-hmm. to the Catholic Cafe, care of Deacon Jeff Drzezemski, uh, from, um, I, I want the, the guy's name, I'm just going to call him Jay. That's the first letter of his name. Um, I, and he comes from Waterstown, New York. Uh, and he wrote me a nice letter, a nice note. Uh, we don't often get snail mail, but we did. That's awesome. Uh, and so I wanted to read that, and basically that's the topic of our of our show, is is he asked specifically, hey, can you talk about this? Uh, and I think it's something that I think a lot of us have experienced in life. So it says, uh, Deacon Jeff, thank you for the work you do to produce the Catholic Cafe. I listen to the show via shortwave radio, but keep the internet as a backup. I am so very glad there is a Catholic show from a male perspective. That's interesting. Hmm. Uh, thank you. Uh, I was hoping you would consider a show topic for the future. I have been struggling with my relationship with my parents as a married man. He's probably the first one ever. (laughs) He's probably the first ever. Could you explain how I must honor my parents when I am married? The marriage to my spouse lies at the heart of the tension with my parents. And then he has in parentheses, mother. (laughs) God bless you and keep up the good work. Uh, Signed, Jay. So, well, Jay, we're going to we're going to try to address that. So, um, you know, I think both of us, Sam and I, are both eminently qualified as we both have parents. Yeah, we both have mothers. Right. (laughs) And so uh, that's an interesting question, because it's clearly a commandment, the fourth commandment. Right. And, you know, what's neat about the fourth commandment um, is if you read it from Exodus, uh, chapter 20, verse 12, it says, honor your father and your mother. That your days may be long in the land which the Lord God gives you, and uh, you know, interestingly, that uh, Saint Paul actually points out to us that this is uh, what's what's beautiful about this particular commandment is it's the first commandment that offers us a promise. Mm. And you think about that, and I, and I never really, I never really thought about that, uh, but when you look at the language. It's uh, honor your father, your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Right? And that's kind of cool. Yeah. Right? So that's a promise. The Lord says, if you do this, if then, right? It's a logical thing. So um, in chapter 6, in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life on earth, right? So he's, he's talking to, to parents and, and children and telling everyone how to live their lives, etc., um, in the Lord. And so, that's a, it's a, and so it's a commandment. 
So what is the first thing about a commandment we should we should understand, Sam? Well, one thing that's interesting is most of us, when we think of commandments, the phrase that comes to mind is thou shalt not. Right. In that's this, right. In this case, it's, a, it's an affirmative duty. This is the first one that's not a thou shalt not. Right. Although you could say thou shalt not yell at your parents. <laughs> you, he, God could have rephrased that. I don't know. But he didn't. He chose not to do that. Right? He chose to say, um, honor your father and your mother. Actually, this is the second one, because I think also keep holy the Sabbath day. Sure. Right? Is, is a not a thou shalt not. But you're right. It's, it, this is in the affirmative, uh, which is an interesting thing. But the fact that it's a commandment. Yes. What does that tell us? Well, you better do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's God's law. It's God's law. The Decalogue. Right. Right? These are the ten words. These are, this, this, is, this is important. Right? And so um, our friend Jay here has a specific problem where it's like, okay, so when I'm a kid, now Jay's just not saying this, but I'm kind of reading into this. So as a child, I really don't, I I don't have any qualms with honoring my father and my mother. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I'm told. I'm told to do what I'm told. There might be punishments if I don't, right? But at the same time, there's a natural love and trust of a parent. And so you you want to please your parents. You want to do the right thing, right? And so as a kid, you know, honoring your father and your mother is is important. And it was it was never a problem for me breaking that commandment. Mm. And really, I only started having a problem with that commandment as I got older. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a natural tendency for me to sort of rebel a little bit. So maybe in my teenage years, especially, but certainly by the time I was in college. My parents don't know anything. They're idiots. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm learning all this new great stuff, you know? And now it was literally just a few years after college, I realized my parents knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I heard on uh, television once uh, there was a discussion of a rabbi, and I believe it was a rabbi from the Middle Ages, who was asked, What's the most difficult commandment to follow? And he said it was the fourth commandment. And the reason for it being that, um, you know, everyone has to also become their own person eventually as they grow up and to become a man or become an adult woman. And you striking the right balance of knowing how do I can be honoring of myself as my own person while also being honoring of the parents, right. there isn't going to be a co- cookie-cutter set of rules because it's going to be different based on each set of persons involved and each set of relationships involved. But what you can read into that is that there is a natural tension yes. right, that comes from uh, the difference between being a child and an adult. Mm-hmm. right? And there, So there is a natural tension. I remember specifically having a conversation with an associate pastor. Yeah. And the associate pastor was telling me uh, he had been at the parish for a couple of years, and he's like going, you know, uh, I wouldn't do it this way. In fact, I think this is wrong. I think what needs to happen is this. Now, he wasn't saying anything, anything uncharitable about the pastor, but he was very um, thinking very independently. And, and, he was, and he was like, he was sure that this, was, this would have been the right move to make for the parish. And what I said to him, you know, it kind of took him back, but, but, but he realized, and I'm not some great wise counsel, but, but I realized in that moment, it's like, dude, it, it's time for you to fly. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality is I think you're ready to be a pastor. And this is a natural thing for you to start to see to not always be someone who's an associate pastor, but you're supposed to be learning. And, and there's a, there should be a natural tension where it's, it's time for you to move on. Mm-hmm. Not because you don't fit anymore, but because you're ready to be a pastor. You're grown up as a priest in that sense. 
Right. right? It's time for you to have a parish because you obviously have those those opinions, and the, and the, and those are good things. Now, I, I think it's interesting as we look at what the catechism says mm-hmm. specifically about honor honoring our parents, and maybe to help Jay answer his question a little bit. Um, is this is from paragraph 2217 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. As long as a child lives at home with his parents, the child should obey his parents in all the, that they ask of him when it is for his good or that of the family. But if a child is convinced in conscience that it would be morally wrong to obey a particular order, he must not do so. Obedience toward parents ceases with the emancipation of the child. Not so, not so respect which is always owed to them. Mm. So there's a difference between, let's say, in a situation, and I do not know uh, Jay's situation. He didn't let us know that there was any kind of uh, abuse, verbal or otherwise. He didn't tell us that you know that there was alcohol or some kind of addiction. Right. We don't know any of that stuff, right? And so I don't want to read into that, but I, but I will say that the, that the catechism, the church realizes that there's going to be tensions yeah. there, um, and I love how the catechism actually uses the word emancipation of the children. Right. That is a, that is a chosen word. It didn't say when the child grows up and finally flies the coop, you know, when they're ready to move on uh, or when they have matured. It says the emancipation. So in a certain aspect, the, 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 the church would see the child sort of in a captive sense, captive to... Uh, being reared, being trained, being being raised in the faith, all those things. Now, there are obligations on the part of the parents mm-hmm. to be good parents, right? To teach the children the faith, to te- teach in love. St. Paul, in that same uh, Ephesians chapter 6, is talking about, you know, fathers don't beat up on the kids, right? right? You, you're, you're, your first charge is, is to love them and to show God's love to them. But it's interesting to me that, that once the child is, is free of being under the parent, Right, they still have to respect. They don't have to follow, like say, an, it's like in the military. Right. They don't. You don't have to follow uh, uh, an immoral command. So if a commanding general orders you to do something that you know is immoral, right, you don't have to follow that command. Even the military states that. Right now, it's a big mess, and you have to go to all these trials, and you have to do all that stuff, and that's a that's a problem. But in a family. If your parents were, you know, telling you to do something you shouldn't do, you don't have to obey blindly. Right. Right. Even St. Paul says, in the Lord. Right. And uses that phrase saying, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So if something is not in the Lord, you don't need to obey your parents. But still, there's this tricky situation with with Jay and his parents. Right. What happens when, and I'm assuming, I'm, I'm just taking a wild guess here, that that mother particularly because he put in parentheses mother when he said parents is maybe unhappy with his choice of a spouse she doesn't seem thrilled yeah so so <laughs> maybe there's a little something going on there and maybe uh sam that's probably the first time that's ever happened in history either <laughs> that a parent has said she's no good for you son what are you doing right, right? and i don't know that that's happened and i don't want to prejudge or, or judge that situation when i don't know any more details but i will say a lot of times parents are very vocal about whom their their children should marry. Right. Who would make a good mate? And parents aren't always right. I have to admit, you know, as my, my nine kids have on and off kind of uh, had relationships and, you know, and whatever, that that we have realized as parents that there are some people we'd, we'd prefer 
or not prefer when it comes to like the type of person. Right. Now, luckily, uh, all of the choices my kids have made, spot on. We're, <laughs> we're big supporters, right? We love all the, the, the spouses that are, that are so far married into our family. And, and so this is a beautiful thing, but sometimes as parents, there's going to be some friction there. Right. And if that friction continues, now Jay has to wonder, am I supposed to be, if I honor my parents, am I being disloyal to my wife? Right. You know, and that's a big problem. In fact, that's a huge problem. Yeah. So huge that we're going to have to take it on the other side of the break. <laughs> we're we're going to have to take a break and uh, come back and talk about uh, Jay from Waterstown's um, uh, email here, or, or mail, snail mail, uh, talking about uh, honoring your father and your mother. Uh, and before I do take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, like and share our posts. Comment on them. It makes a difference. Wonderful. And send me an email. I would love to, uh, or a snail mail for that matter. I would love to hear what you would like to have a show talked about, done, whatever topic might come to, to your heart uh, that you're really kind of wondering. Uh, how do I live my life in this way? Hey, that's what we're here for. And I'd love to hear from you and find out. So send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. It is so good, so sweet, and above all, so beneficial to suffer. These are the simple yet powerful words of Bernadette Subaru, St. Bernadette, the humble, uneducated peasant girl from France who was visited by the Blessed Virgin Mary in 1858. In her 18 visits with Bernadette in the Grotto at Lourdes, Mary never once promised St. Bernadette happiness in this world. And indeed, throughout her short 35 years on earth, this would prove to be true. Bernadette suffered daily. She was raised in abject poverty, struggling to have even the basic needs of life met. She suffered mockery and ridicule from those who refused to believe her. She was ill virtually all of her short life, suffering from chronic asthma, tuberculosis, high fevers, an extremely debilitating and painful tumor in her knee, and even partial deafness. During this constant trial, the suffering saint prayed, O Jesus and Mary, let my entire consolation in this world be to love you and to suffer for sinners. Bernadette experienced all manner of pain and anguish, yet through it all she remained peaceful, patient, and pious. She never lost her focus on God and living a saintly life. I must die to myself continually, she said, and accept trials without complaining. I work, I suffer, and I love with no other witness than His heart. Anyone who was not prepared to suffer all for the Beloved and to do His will in all things is not worthy of the sweet name of friend. For here below, love without suffering does not exist. One might think that Bernadette would have every reason to give up and lose herself in the pain and suffering she endured. But during one of her visits, Mary did offer a great hope to Bernadette when she told her, I promise to make you happy, not in this world, but in the next. 
These words of the Virgin offered comfort to Bernadette and gave her a sense of purpose in cooperating with the divine will. While many have been cured in the healing waters of Lourdes, it would not be so for Bernadette. She was asked why she herself did not experience the same miraculous recovery. She responded simply, The Blessed Virgin perhaps desires for me to suffer. I need it. I'm Bester Zimski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. We're minus Tom. I think he had to go talk to his parents about something. We're doing an email. Uh, I keep saying email because we're so used to getting emails. A snail mail, an actual letter. Listen. You know, it's an actual letter um, that we got from Jay in Waterstown, New York. And he's asking this 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 hard question. Could you explain how I must honor my parents when I'm married? The marriage to my spouse lies at the heart of the tension with my parents. Mother. And so, we need to talk about that. So, um, I, I do want to... I, I, um, if you're looking at the uh, Revised Standard Version of the Bible, and specifically the Didache Bible, that uh, I, I one of the ones I use from uh, Ignatius Press, there's a footnote in there that talks about this commandment a little bit. Um, at uh, Exodus 20, verse 12. The fourth commandment requires that we honor our parents as well as those who exercise legitimate authority over us. Children are to respect, assist, obey, and be grateful for their parents and thereby build harmony within the family. So there's a key there, harmony within the family, Mm -hmm. right? God has always wanted the family to be this this core bit of support. But then there's also an obligation on the part of the parents, right? This this isn't all about uh, submission of the children. Parents are obliged to educate their children in the faith, in prayer, and in virtue, and to provide for their physical and spiritual needs. Because their children must follow their call from Christ, parents should encourage and respect their children's vocations. Mm-hmm. How many movies have we seen about the kid that wants to be the, the singer? And dad, the, uh, the military man or the uh, engineer or the guy working in the mines saying, son, stop being a dreamer. Dreams don't put food on the table, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And to some degree, I mean, our recognition, um, you know, our Catholic teaching is that parents need to encourage and respect their children's callings because we would think that calling comes from God. Well, I heard an interesting talk by a priest where he said that one of the problems we have culturally is parents tend to think of their kids as uh, mini versions of themselves. Yes. And that instead we need, to, we need to receive each child in mystery. Who is this person that God has entrusted right. to our care? Well, and one of the nice things is when you have a, a slew of them, and the mm-hmm. slew technically is nine. <laughs> like have, if you have nine kids, what you find out is they're all vastly different. Yes. We have all kinds of different kids. They were all raised in the same household with the same parents, really with the same environment and the same influences. Very similar genetics, too. (laughs) Exactly. And the reality is they're all very different. And we see each one as a gift from God and and see each one as an opportunity for us to discover more about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's rather than, I don't want them to be just like me. We have enough Deacon Jeffs in the world. Mm -hmm. We really do. We have maybe one too many. But the point is, those kids are being called by God to be not me, but to be Christ-like, to be like Him. 
And it's interesting that you're making this point because on one hand, yes, it's important that we explore the commandment of honor thy father and mother. But if we're going to be able to strike the right balance, then recognizing that the children also have a right to personhood yes. and that and that right grows as they grow. As they're emancipated. As they are emancipated. They are freed from the bondage of their parents. They are, they are now free to be them. Yes. Right? Now, in all fairness, though, if you've got a difficult situation like Jay's talking about, right, you've got to deal with it. You can't just ignore it. It won't just go away. How do I honor my, my parents without being, you know, d- without dishonoring my wife? Well, it doesn't say, please thy, aunt, my, my, thy father and mother. Yes, and that's a good key, and we want to talk about that. You can honor their place, their position, their stature. You can be thankful that they gave birth to you. Right, that they welcomed you into the world. You can also realize that your parents really maybe have failed in some aspects in life, but they really did what they did out of love. Mm-hmm. And I certainly hope they did. Right now, we also have situations where, um, um, you know, in those in those kind of situations where you're you're really maybe they didn't do the best job of it, but they really did it out of love. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that Jay's parents love him and that he loves his parents, but realizing that they don't know him like he knows him and they don't know his needs in in terms of his spouse like he knows his needs in terms of his spouse and of course he might have some serious confusions about his spouse so i mean he also has to pray about whether or not things are in order because it is possible that his his maybe there's some tension maybe there's some issues there and he's blinded i don't know and again jay we don't know you well enough to say that but i'm just going to go ahead and say if you're a listener to this show it's probably not your fault. Whatever's happening here is not your fault, Jay. It's, it's everyone else's fault. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that all the time, what we so St. John on the Cross has a beautiful quote where he says, memory is the enemy of hope. And the argument of, that he makes for memory is the enemy of hope is a lot of times what we're doing when we're remembering something, we are, we are locking in the, our prejudices that we had at that particular moment. And that typically, in any given moment, we're a little bit off. We're either a little bit too charitable or too harsh towards ourselves and towards others. And in our memory, we lock that in. And then all of a sudden, we box a person into that. And so that interferes with our ability to have hope for that person and their personhood. It's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, if we we repeat it enough times, we're going to just believe it and we're going to end up living it, right? Um, And now, in in all of this, um, that's... So you can honor your parents without agreeing with them. You can disres- you you can you can disagree with them without disrespecting them. Yes. By starting by saying, "You know what, mom, dad, thank you so much for your opinion, but you know what? I have come to know this because you've raised me in this way. I've come to know that this is my spouse. This is whatever. And I and I know that that we are one flesh. Mm-hmm. And so I will say this, Jay, if it comes down to your parents or your spouse, you have made a vow mm-hmm. to your spouse, not to your parents. Right. Right. You honor them, but you've made a vow to your to your wife. Right. Now, maybe like you've said, maybe even she has to work on her people skills with mom. Yeah. Most situations, it, it's it's probably the case that both are a little wrong and both are a little yeah, right. There's probably a little know? bit of that going on. <laughs> now, I do want to take a minute and address these really difficult situations when there is actual like abuse, verbal or otherwise, when there's, you know, when, when there's alcoholism, drug addiction. Mm. And some parents have been awful, 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 awful parents. And so does a Catholic say, oh, well, you've got to honor them, too. How do you do that? Um, and I was actually looking around for some ideas, and I actually found myself on BillyGraham.org. Now, he may have passed, but his words live on. And he says something really beautiful here, because he's speaking specifically about that. And on his website, 
It says, before we unpack this beautiful command of the honor of the fa- thy father and the mother, allow me to say a word to those who have not had the joy of being re- reared by godly parents. This kind of pain is severe because the relationship between parents and their offspring is meant to be positive, nurturing, and wholesome. Nonetheless, there are many who hurt deeply because of various kinds of parental abuse. How does a believer carry out God's commandment here? And what would God have to say about this? May I suggest six things to consider? I'll just go through them quickly. He says, pray for your parents. That's an obvious no-brainer, right? Mm -hmm. He says, keep on trying to help them, even though that may be difficult at times. Persevere. Don't give up, right? Um, Three, he says, model Jesus for them. Show them how they should be acting if you think they're not acting appropriately. You act like Jesus and model that for them. That may help, right? Four, he says, exercise restraint in front of them. That's hard. Humility Mm -hmm. is hard for all of us. Five, weep for them before the Lord, pouring out your heart uh, to him on their behalf, right? You can cry. Cry to the Lord. He hears. He he, he wipes the tears from our from our face. He hears our cries. And six. This is maybe even the hardest. Forgive them. The Lord can help you do this. And then I would go on and say, since Billy Graham wasn't Catholic, there's some Catholic things we can do. We can go to confession ourselves. It's easier to help the person in need when we've helped ourselves with the graces that God offers us, specifically through confession, right? Mm-hmm. And then also offer masses for them. They don't have to know it. Just offer them. Use the prayers of the church on your behalf and on their behalf, right? And also the Eucharistic grace. When we receive the Eucharist, those graces will pour out of us. They're not meant to be held in by us. And that grace will heal relationships and heal families. And don't gossip about, gossip about them. Don't calumnize them. Don't talk bad about them. The reality is they are your parents. It's a place of honor and distinction. And we should always respect that place. Right? Even if you don't like the president and how he acts, you have to respect the office. You still call him Mr. President. You still say sir. No matter how heinous some president might be, and I'm not talking about particular presidents, <laughs> but I think you all get what I'm saying. is that No matter how bad things are or were or will be, the reality is there's a respect always that goes with that office. So the office of the parent. And one thing that Billy Graham didn't talk about there is also material support to the parents. You yeah. know, eventually your mom's going to get vulnerable. The older they get, the more like kids they become. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that. To always cherish them and honor them and don't treat them like children but realize they're going to need more care. And so taking care of them materially is another way to honor them. Mm-hmm. Even when they want to reject it. Yes. Like, and then the other thing is like a lot of parents just want to be acknowledged. Yeah. There's some research that shows that in all those difficult situations, a lot of times parents don't care if you take their advice. They just want you to hear it. Mm. Right? So honor your father and your mother. And I know it was a difficult uh, situation, Jay, but we'll pray for you and pray for your family situation. I uh, hope things turn out really good there in Waterstown. And for all of you, let's also remember our own mother. Mm. Right, Mary, who will be with us and walk with us in this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.